It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One day away from a full weekend of college football. We get Power 5 college football tomorrow. Obviously, the SEC holding out a little bit longer. We'll get to that soon. But uh, hopefully you guys are eyeing a full weekend of football. Started last night for me anyway. Just watching the Texans kind of get get whooped by the Chiefs. That was fun. Hey, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Guys, their new app is clean. It is easy to use. And I think it's honestly best in the business. So, Head to, uh, pull up your phone's app store, download the free Fetch Me app. If you have the old app, make sure it's updated and uh, use that thing. And you can use promo code APPS, A-P-P-S, for $10 off your order. Or you can use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. And, of course, you can still go the old-fashioned way, FetchMeDelivery.com. Uh, they've got a great website as well. So we love the friends at Fetch Me, and we love that they uh, have updated their app and are... Um, Yeah, helping their folks, helping their experience get even better and better. Today's show, we're going to be joined by Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. We kind of recap the week is is kind of how that's going to go. I think he's going to be on most Fridays moving forward. So we're just going to kind of, for now, recap the week of what's happening. And then obviously once... Once football is being played in the conference and Auburn's getting involved in that, we'll probably just kind of shift that focus more to, to previewing the weekend. Just kind of give you guys a heads up on what's going on there. Also, um, this is an extra read for them. Just a reminder, Homefield Apparel, their, uh, their uh, Auburn line is going up tomorrow. Homefieldapparel.com. And you can use promo code Auburn to get 20% off their first purchase, or your first purchase, rather. Homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Auburn for 20% off that. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. Man, what a week it's been. Good to have you on again for another... Let's call it a Ferg Friday. You cool with that? I'm great with that. Sweet. Branding is everything. I think so. I think so. So there's two main things I wanted to talk to you about. One you wrote about at the Auburn Observer earlier in the week, and then one I actually talked about um, on yesterday's podcast, and shortly after it went up, you shot a, you shot out an email with exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. So this is perfect. But first things first, you kind of put out your projected offensive line mm-hmm. um, from left to right. What so you had? Um, yeah, Troxel at left tackle, Manning at left guard, Brahms at center, and then a uh, right guard. You had Council, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm all in on Brandon Council. By the way, this is a Brandon Council podcast. All right, and then uh, at right tackle you have Rodarius Ham. So. I'm all in on all those guys, except I want you to sell me on Deshaun Manning. Can you do that? I, you know, the thing about Deshaun Manning that we've heard about so much is that it's just he's just been a really steady presence because he learned a lot from playing behind Marco Harrell the last couple of seasons at left guard. Yeah, and I think it was one of those things where the consistency was key that they that he's kind of been locked in, kind of like with Brodarius Ham. You have him at right tackle. He's been playing. He's been backing up. I think it's just that, that familiarity there. And for a guy like Council, which I'm glad you're you're a big... A big this is a Brandon Council uh, podcast. I mean, everything we've heard about Council since he's come in has been great. And so right. they're moving him around, but right guard kind of makes the most sense because Manning at least has, you know, he had a pretty good year last year as a backup, and he's coming in where he can just step right into that spot that he, that he, that he had last year, just move on up in the depth chart. We'll see. 
Um, we've heard that Manning has uh, – the thing about that stands out about him, kind of like Rodarius Ham, is just like he's a guy that physically has got the talent to get there. I think it's just going to be kind of the experience and getting used to playing offensive line at a high level. Um, but, yeah, he's one of those guys that you hear that from time to time can really hold his own, especially in run blocking. And I think he's one of those guys, if you want to revamp Auburn's run blocking, he's one of those pieces. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be Keandre Jones. Me too. I, Did I, you? I was high on Jones heading in. I had heard a lot of great things about Jones. And, and the thing about that is is that Jones is still in the mix, right? Okay. There was a, that projected offensive line is kind of from what I, what, what we've been hearing from, from Gus. And then um, really, I mean, Nick Brahms kind of just uncovered the lid on a lot of this stuff and was, I mean, he was. Yeah, we better, won't see him again. <laughs> he, was better than, he was better than most coaches trying to talk to and get information out of. But yeah. Um, there are the the other thing they mentioned there is the Keandre Jones and Alec Jackson who have been playing tackle have both been playing guard so I don't think they're super super locked in on Manning at guard like this is definitely going to happen I think that's the favorite right now and they're still moving pieces around the fact that they're putting some guys right. in more guys in at guard and letting them rotate and then Council's one of those dudes is like it might be if somebody goes down or somebody has to you know, sit out or something like that. Just move him to wherever it is and then fill in from there. He's going to kind of yeah. be like uh, – I think he's going to be kind of like your uh, Austin Golson type of player. Right. I, I think there's some flexibility with where you put Ham, too, based yep. on kind of yep. you know what was coming out early. Because, I mean, there was like, okay, do you put Ham at the other guard spot opposite of Council and then one of the Juco tackles, which I'm really surprised. I mean, they don't even seem to be – relevant as far as you know the the pecking order of things going yeah. into the season yeah it's it's interesting with that often with those juco guys i mean i asked brahm specifically about um about brennan coffee because it's he seemed like a guy that that made a lot of sense and and you know it, it sounds like between between coffee and then zyra trying to you know get back from that injury it's just like it's going to take them a little bit more time that, that's I the hate vi- that man that's I absolutely the vibe hate that. that's yeah. the vibe i've gotten right. from those guys it stinks like, for them well you didn't get to transfer like a normal human being this year like you didn't get to get right. all the advantages of juco got but the good thing there is well, neither is of them would have partook in spring anyway because right. one was hurt and then the other wasn't here yet, right? right? And so it was just this weird transition. The good news though is is that this season counts for no one, so they've still got they've still got time to develop. So that's like, a good point. It's a JUCO. Like there's not as big of a push this year to say, well, if you don't get the JUCO on the field this year, you, did you waste a spot? Not really. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case with them. It just might take a little bit more time. Like Manning, though, I think both of those guys just physically it's there. It's just there's a lot of technique and a lot of like experience and chemistry that comes into playing the offensive line and some of these older guys or at least I should say not older guys but guys who've been around the program longer might have a little bit more of that well and if that's the offensive line you know if you predict that correctly you're probably gonna have a really similar offensive line the following year because yeah you would lose Brahms due to mm-hmm. eligibility Trost well, will be around right Right. Is Brahms not a senior? Brahms is a senior, but he could play again next oh, year. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. 2020 is so weird. That's <laughs> yeah. a good point. So they all, in theory, could come back, right. which is yeah. weird to think about. Yeah. I wrote okay. this I wrote this, I wrote this. week that Kayla Newton could play three more years. <laughs> it, just seems, <laughs> it just seems ridiculous at this point because he's like a graduate. Like He might have a doctorate by the time he lives Hey, Auburn. take what you can get, Kalen. That's uh, awesome. But, yeah, yeah. No, so uh, it, it could pretty much stay the same. But, yeah, this is the foundation year. And part of the reason why I think a lot of people are high on Auburn in 2021 Bo as a junior a lot of those running backs coming back most of your receivers coming back we'll see about Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and those guys and then you'd have an experienced offensive line um yeah this has got to be the foundation 
what do you build this year? Because a lot of them, a lot of that is going to, you know, be here for the next couple of years. You mentioned Caleb Newton. He's kind of been the flavor of the week. That's kind mm-hmm. of how I've been referring to him this week on Locked On Auburn. And uh, he gets asked about with pretty much any time there's a skilled player that, that we get asked questions. I mean, we're talking to Seth earlier in the week, he talked highly about him making that transition. The talk about Kalen keeps swirling around and around mm-hmm. and around. I mean, when he first. Well, I guess when the news first broke that he was going to be a part of this Auburn football program, I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. Cam's little brother. That'll be fun for fans, you know, whenever he gets in. It seems like he's going to be actually pretty relevant this year. It, it does sound like that. Malzahn said that, you know, that there wasn't any doubt that he was going to be a factor and could help the team out this year. It'll be interesting to see because you got Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stowe, but they need guys behind them. They need who's going to be number four, five, and six in this in this group. And Auburn's got a pretty good track record of smaller former quarterbacks switching over to wide receiver. We've seen it uh, with Marcus Davis. We've seen it with Ryan Davis. Yeah. Bigger guys, but if you go back, Cody Burns did it. Uh, CJ Uzama uh, was was a guy who was a high school quarterback. That I don't went, think I knew that. Yeah. With CJ. CJ was a high school quarterback that mm-hmm. played wide receiver his first year at Auburn, and then they were like, you're a big guy. Let's put you at tight end. And look, yeah. he's like – a starting tight end in the NFL now right um so it's just they those guys have made that transition the other thing with Kalen is like he's got two years of regular eligibility left possibly three I don't think he's gonna play all that all that out but um the thing with the thing with Kalen Newton is that there's a learning curve to switching over receiver but physically he's got everything and everything you hear about Kalen Newton is he is aggressive and like plays plays really physical at wide receiver he works hard to get open and um you know, I think some people are like, "Oh, he's not the biggest guy in the world." That might be surprising him. Those little slot guys who can like work hard to get open like that. He's going to be a. I think he's going to be a weapon for Auburn this year. Um, because I mean, man, you look at him at Howard. He got hit like every single play. Like, yeah. Between being a quarterback that that ran the ball a lot, so uh, the toughness is there with him. It's just going to be a matter of how quickly can he adjust to playing wide receiver. And I think by the end of the year, I can see. I think you can see him being a decent factor in this offense. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. These guys have it all. They're a great, uh, they're great snack uh, to kind of keep going through the day. I mean, I, I've been able to replace meals with these things just because they, they, they keep me full for a long time. Built Bar, I, I think they're the best nutrition bar, the best protein bar in the business. Extremely low sugar count, extremely low carb, very high in protein. And all these bars are covered in, uh, in 100% chocolate. It's delicious. All Every single one that I've tried uh, has been absolutely great. I'm very pro peanut butter flavoring with things, so... Um, that's kind of been what I've leaned to the most as far as indulging in Built Bars. But very low calorie. They keep you full. I absolutely love them. So BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. All right, so on yesterday's show, we kind of had uh, the bulk of the show was reacting to things that Seth Williams said mm-hmm. at his press conference from earlier in the week. And he's he's described the, the new offense this way. Pretty much everyone that has been asked about the Chad Morris offense and what his impact on this Auburn offense looks like going into 2020, 
they've all used one word, mm-hmm. and you wrote about it. Mm-hmm. You wrote about it like we put the podcast up, and then I got the email from you um, at the Auburn Observer. Is explosive. It's been explosive, explosive, explosive. You know, it's going to be a lot more explosive this year. That's, that's all. You, that's that. That is the adjective that everyone's throwing out there, which leads me to think that that is being drilled into their head in practice. Oh yeah. And so you kind of broke it down, and you've got numbers for this, but just as far as, you know, Malzahn referred to them as chunk plays mm-hmm. earlier in his career at Auburn, you know, especially in the 2013 and 14 season when that offense was moving the football a ton. And you broke it down as plays over 20 yards. Yeah. And so if they're focusing on that, and you touched on this in the article, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get plays that are over 20 yards more often. You need uh, to. But you're going to get them through the air, not necessarily on the ground. Yeah, you need to get more on the ground. You need to like Auburn lost kind of a little bit of their ability to have a home run hitter out of the backfield the last couple. Of years. As good as Booby Whitlow was for Auburn and stepping in in a, in a spot, you got Tank Bigsby and Mark Anthony Richards and Sean Shivers because of their speed and the fact that you feel like they could turn it loose and 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 go the distance. Um, you didn't really necessarily get that a ton from Whitlow and DJ Williams mm-hmm. last season. I mean, I know Williams had a couple of those big runs at LSU, but on right. the whole, wasn't that wasn't that great? But yeah, you got to get it through the air, and that's the thing with with Auburn is that you know the la- last season was a really low year for them in in getting what I would call huge plays. I mean, the the the, the definition of an explosive play changes depending on who you talk to, but sure. a, a pretty easy one is like, all right, twenty yard play. Can you get twenty or more yards on a play and you look at the best offenses in football last year, the four teams that made the college football playoff were the top four in the country in getting 20-yard plays. How about that? Just right in a row. Boom, boom, boom. LSU. Uh, it was LSU, then Oklahoma, uh, Clemson, and Ohio State. And then number five was Alabama, which on paper looked like a playoff team, just didn't get the didn't get the right. two wins that they you know, that they needed to get in. Um, Auburn beat them, by the way. Exactly. So yeah. here's that. That's the other point I have to be is like you don't have to think Auburn needs to turn into LSU overnight to beat these kind of teams. They've already shown they can do that. It's just if you want to become a consistently like, are you in the playoff playoff contention? Having a defense is great. Everybody who listens to this show knows Kevin Steele is amazing at his job, and sure. what he has done at Auburn is huge. And like having that kind of defense is going to make a huge difference for Auburn in the future. You know, like it has been for the last few seasons, but. This is the era of the big play, and this is the era of offense in college football. If you do not have a lead offense, you do not make it to the playoff. You know, the 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 top five offenses in America last year were the four playoff teams and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you can't even like you can't even say defensively. You could throw in like Georgia had a great defense last year. Right. Utah had a great defense last year. You right. got to have that offense, and it's Auburn's got to get closer to that because they have been well behind the eight ball the last couple of seasons in generating big plays. Those big plays that we knew that they could hit in the 13 and 14 and even some in the 17 season. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So here's my concern about Auburn's offense consistently picking up these chunk plays, these 20-plus yard plays, is I I have faith in Chad Morris changing up the scheme, the Mm -hmm. passing patterns and all that. Let's just assume that happens. But 
I'm still just not confident in Auburn's wide receivers from top to bottom. I love Seth Williams' game. After that, I think there's a big drop off before you get to Schwartz and Stove and then some of these young, other young guys. This is a big year for this is a big year for Schwartz to see if he can really unleash it. I think you look at him. He's like, fast. Can he can he run a route? Can he get open by using more than just his speed? That's a big question for me. He was he was the most efficient receiver Auburn had last season in pretty much every level of the field. It's just the problem is that when he gets open, he gets the ball and good things happen. Can you do it more consistently? Can he be an all-around receiver? It's something you talked about last week that he wants yeah. to that he wants to be. Um, but I, I think about LSU and Alabama last season, and even o- Oklahoma and Clemson. I mean, Oklahoma when you throw in a guy like Ceedee Lamb, um, they didn't get these chunk plays by necessarily chunking it deep. You know, mm-hmm. they got right. it. They got it by letting dudes catch it and run. Yeah, and it, LSU did it. We know Alabama did it a billion times last year. Right. On paper, Anthony Schwartz should be the guy to go do that. And and guys like Eli Stove have shown in the past they can like earlier in his career before his injury, Eli Stove was a big play threat. Mm-hmm. How many more of these guys do that? Does a guy like Javarius Johnson get in there? Does a guy like uh, we we heard a lot about Cedric Jackson taking a step forward uh, right. yesterday from Seth, from Seth Williams? They've got to do that. Combine that with an improved Bo Nix. Combine that in an offense that might be updated. You might start creating a little bit more of those plays. Combine that with an offensive line that does a better job of creating holes for the running game, and then you can start stealing some of these chunk plays, those running plays. You know, when you think of Carryon Johnson and Trey Mason, Corey Grant, Cameron right. Ars Payne, they had the threat that like if they got the seam, it could be gone. And you didn't necessarily get that a ton from Booby Whitlow, as good as he was filling in for Auburn at that that at that time. Sean Shivers, we talked about him last week. Is this his opportunity to do that? The hype's still rolling, by the way. The hype's still yeah. rolling. I mean, this is a guy who can run between the tackles, but then when he gets that that crease, he can be out of there. Bigsby, Richards, can they do that again? They've got to get closer. They don't have to be LSU because the way they play defense is really, really great. But, like, you got to get closer to playoff contention. Do you want to be where Auburn fans want you to be? On paper, it's on paper. the, the math says – you got to create big plays. Yeah. And that's the big thing for Auburn this year. I was on WNSP earlier in the week. I know you appear on some of their shows down there. I was on there uh, Thursday morning, actually. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, they do a good job down there. But one of the questions that Dave Schultz, their afternoon guy, asked me Mm -hmm. was, you know, how often are we going to see four or five, you know, spread out sets? He said wide receiver sets, and then he kind of corrected. He's like, they don't necessarily have to be receivers, but just guys. I'm like, you may see it. You may see two tight ends there. Um but to do that, you need less H-back. Malzahn loves to use an H-back. Morris a little bit less because he yeah. likes to put the guy with his hand on the ground on the offensive line. So I told him, like, you may see it, but it's going to be probably two tight ends for you to do that, If you, especially if you count that big slot guy as a tight end. Are you kind of in that same boat? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at last year, especially towards the end of the season, Auburn ran a lot of 11, a, a lot of 11 and, and 10 personnel, a lot of 10 personnel, really. They went four wide a good bit late last season because that's where you felt like Knicks was, you know, the, the, that comeback against Georgia, some of those right. big plays they got against Alabama, the Minnesota game as well. Like they started spreading the ball a little bit more. It's just a matter of can that can that tight end, whoever it is, can they have the flexibility to, to to go out wide? I mean, heck, like last year we saw Auburn. There would be some times where Spencer Nye lined up wide just in certain sets. The Swiss Army Nye. Yeah, so you want to see how how often how often they can do that. I think this offense looks more of a. More of that spread kind of look. We'll see what the tight end brings to the table. Um, but I think you're going to see less H-back moving forward and more kind of tight end. And I think when you see H-backs, it's going to be guys like J.J. Pegues, like some of these some of these yeah. bigger guys that are that Carol are going to be moved. That yeah, are, yeah right. that are going to be moved around in the offense. Yeah, I'm I'm of the mindset an H-back is great. 
but don't put a guy that's not an H-back at H-back. That's right. kind of my thought process here. Yeah. If you have a Jay Proche or a Chandler Cox, put them there. A Spencer and, and I, but like outside of that, like I don't think you should just put a tight end at H-back. And one of those things that Auburn fans were like, what happened to the tight end? Why aren't they throwing the ball to tight end? It's like, well, it's so far in the Malzahn era at Auburn, it's like you don't need to throw it to the tight end because you have an H-back you want on the field. Right. And as good as as good as good Chandler Cox was and even Nye was at certain things, it's like you don't – like they're not receivers. They're not, I mean, if you have a running back and H-back and then a blocking tight end in, it's like there's not a whole other – there's not a whole lot of other options there. Exactly. And and I think the other thing to, to look in with, with what they've got on the offensive end um, is something Jamie and Sherwood said on Wednesday – they're asked, like, what, how do you think the offense looks like? One of the things that stood out to him is, like, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of things. Going. And, like, if you go back to Chad Morris's offenses at SMU and at Clemson and a little bit at Arkansas, they use a ton of motion. So I think you're going to see tight ends and H-backs and, and running backs and wide receivers moving all over the place just to, just to manipulate defense. And here's the reason I love that. I love having to make defenders – make as as many quick decisions as possible. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy moving, especially if you're in a certain type of coverage, you've got to think, you've got to ask yourself, multiple people in the defense has to ask like, okay, do I still have this guy? Yep. Okay, or no, no, he's got him now. And yep. so when you force college defensive backs to make decisions, they're going to make the wrong one a decent amount of the time. And yeah. then it's, then it's up to Bo Nix to see it and capitalize on it and make the throw. Yeah, you're not you're not playing Derek Stingley every week. Like right. you're not playing these elite elite guys every week as good as SEC defensive backs can be. Like yeah, it's there's a reason why. But he, even the good ones though. I mean, you, you got to rely on the guy next to you as well. There's so. a reason why LSU and Alabama had two of the best passing offenses in America last year. If not the best passing offenses in America last year playing against SEC schedules. Like, right. It's it's tough. It's playing playing defense back is really hard especially it is hard. in the college game. It it is hard. And so, I mean, I think that's where you see the biggest jump from position group. I don't think DBs are that important at the college level. I mean, if, if you're breaking down like unit by unit, I'd rather have a good defensive line and linebackers at, at, in the college level than defensive backs. That's just kind of my stance, my ideology on that. And then in the pros, I think it gets vastly more important. Yeah, no, I, I would agree there. I think the most important thing defensively in college football is because of your defensive backs being so tough, can you rush with four? Right. If you can, get, if your four can beat their five or six, yeah. can and you, you drop seven? And can you yeah. drop seven? You'll right. be in a much better spot. It's the problem when you start running into like, oh, we have to start send blitzes, and it's like eh, quarterbacks will pick you apart if, right. if, you're, if you're not on your A game. Justin, what is coming up at the Auburn Observer that people can be excited about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Friday, that means a mailbag is up, so you can check that out at auburnobserver.com. And then we're going to have a. Something we did last week, last Sunday, uh, we're just going to have observations, what we learned from the week of practice. Okay. Uh, people seem to really like that last week. We're going to run it back again on, on Sunday and, uh, yeah, roll into next week, and we are getting even closer to Kentucky. So. That's right. That's right. We've got about another three weeks or so of free coverage there, and then uh, you're making the switch, right? Making the switch, yeah. So you can sign up, auburnobserver.com, get, put your email address in. You can read all the stuff. It'll get sent to your inbox, the podcast, and – uh and all the all the stories and then yeah on october 1st we'll make a a switch to a paid format i just want everybody to kind of try it out right now and get through a football weekend hopefully we'll get through that kentucky weekend uh and i think we will and and college football will still be you know intact i think we will what what can you uh content wise what do you expect to bring going into the game will you break down what kentucky does schematically will you have stuff like that i know that's my favorite stuff of yours that, Mm -hmm. that, that you write that i like to watch 
uh, as far as breaking down scheme and kind of you know what people are going to try to do. Yeah, we'll see. I'm a, I, a lot of people have asked for that, so I think that's going to be something I want to dig into a little bit more as we get close. Kentucky's a very interesting team. You know, last year they ran a wide receiver at quarterback all year and ran it. 11 billion times yeah this year they got terry wilson back i still think they're going to run it 11 billion times right um so it's gonna be very interesting to see they're not necessarily they're not a prototypical sec team and they're not even a prototypical college football team Mm -hmm. in that aspect which makes them a really interesting matchup in week one yeah yeah i I think kevin Steele having all the time in the world to look at that though is going to be oh yeah uh, a big advantage for Auburn. Well, thank you so much, brother. Where are you on Twitter? Yeah, Jay Ferguson AU on Twitter, auburnobserver.com. You can check it out there. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. That is Justin Ferguson joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We are also on TikTok if you care about that. We'll see you next week right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.